Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. Will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams' is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it. for the possible win. Snap, spot, kick away, high enough, long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Hunter Burr. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnotta, with you guys as always. And today, it's time to go back onto the 2024 recruiting trail. I'm riding solo for this edition of the podcast to take you through what is a pretty quiet weekend when it comes to official visitors on campus for the Tar Heels. Three guys expected to make trips there over the weekend, a couple of guys already on campus. We'll tell you about those guys, as well as the guy that was supposed to be on campus this weekend for Carolina, but has ended up committing elsewhere. What does it mean for his position group, uh, one that Carolina has already had some nice success at in this class? We'll tell you about that. And then we have to talk about the preseason All-ACC teams that were released by Phil Steele the other day, how they compare to the Athlon ones. Uh, and uh, Carolina, you know, season is closing in. You know, what do we think about uh, the guys that are on this list? Uh, you know, it's as, you know, this is one of the better times of the year. Magazine season, uh, an incredibly entertaining time of year when they start rolling these guys out. Who do we think? Uh, has the best chance to actually make it uh, onto the preseason All-ACC teams. I'll tell you all about that here uh, tonight. But uh, as I mentioned, let's start out with the group that is supposed to be on campus this weekend, and it's only three guys. We did you know, actually record a preview of this weekend, me and Zach Hubbard, on the last edition of the podcast, but – when we recorded it at the time, Mason Wade was still uncommitted. Now he is committed. That's the three-star offensive tackle from the state of Virginia and really Carolina's last offensive line target. They have done a great job of putting together a pretty solid class. It's the first one under Randy Clements, but uh, he, he was the guy that really hit things the hardest coming out of the gate of the new coaches and landed a bunch of commitments within the first couple of months 
of him being on campus. So Carolina's got a good offensive line class coming in, a lot of it on the interior, three-star Desmond Jackson from in-state alongside of him. Uh, Carolina also brought in Aiden Banfield from uh, the state of Georgia at a Mill Creek High School, uh, one that Carolina has had a lot of success with in this class. And then uh, Jayani Norwood, uh, who, you know, they still got to figure out where exactly Norwood is going to fit. I know he wants to play on the defensive side of the football, but, you know, if you go back and read the article that we wrote at the time that he committed, and even when we talked here on the podcast, we, we said, look, he's a guy that wants to play on the defensive side of the football, but he's done a lot of really good things on the offensive side. So you wonder if he will, in the end, ultimately end up being a part of this Tar Heel offensive line. All three of those guys are on the interior where Carolina definitely needs some help, but they do have a tackle commit in this class from the state of Tennessee, another three-star in Luke Masterson. So this is a pretty solid offensive line class for Carolina uh, that now seems to be sort of set in stone. Now, Wade was a guy that Carolina was wanting to get on campus. I didn't think Carolina was the leader for him, but I thought that Virginia Tech was the team that was in the lead. And this has been, you know, something that's been an issue for Virginia Tech in the last few years. Carolina's typically been the school that has gone into the state of Virginia and had that success uh, taking away some of those guys from the two in-state schools there. But this time it's Duke. They hosted him for an official visit this past weekend and clearly did a really, really good job of blowing him away and and end up landing his commitment before he can even take uh, his official visits to two schools that at one time were seen as the two clear top options for him in Carolina and Virginia Tech. Elsewhere, you know, the, uh, elsewhere in the class, you know, there's really only two other names that Carolina had been linked to uh, in any capacity. Ethan Callaway, who's the in-state offensive tackle from Lake Norman High School, uh, that's not going to happen. He just announced today that he is going to commit on June 30th. Carolina, it seemed like they were trying to at least hold out hope that they could find a way to get him on campus for an official visit, but that simply is not going to be the case. So Carolina is out of the running for him. It looks like at this point, good chance he ends up going out of state. Um, Florida would probably be my lean as of right now with him, but still, you know, a lot of schools making a last minute push uh, for him. And then, you know, the, there there was a guy that Carolina was on very early in the process. A lot of big name schools actually were in early on this prospect. And Cameron Warren, a guy out of the state of Virginia, um, you know, what played at Western Branch High School or still does play at Western Branch High School, same high school as Paul Billups the fourth, where Carolina went this past year and landed a commitment, but. I just I, he, his recruitment has taken an odd turn. Things have gotten extremely quiet. And if you go and look, his last couple of offers come from much smaller schools. Also, something that's real noticeable about him when you look at some of the videos and photos that he posts on his social media page, it looks like his frame is much different than the guy that Carolina was recruiting uh, just, you know, a year, year and a half ago. Um, So you have to wonder, is he a guy that's even going to play on the offensive line? 
Uh, and I think the, the question would even be, I know Carolina is still listed as the favorite for him on on three sports, according to their on three prediction machine. Uh, but I think that ship has kind of sailed. I really do wonder at this point, is that even a committable offer that Carolina uh, has right now on the table for him? So uh, who, who knows? I think more than likely, he's not going to be an option for Carolina. And if he is, it's not going to be along the offensive line. So it looks like this class is set in stone. And with four guys at the max, three guys, if Norwood decides to stay on the defensive side of the ball, I think you can feel pretty comfortable about the numbers that you're bringing in. Carolina can also, if they feel like they need to bring in more help along that offensive line, they've done it the last couple of years, they can go into the transfer portal and find guys that can contribute there. So with him off the table, that means there are three guys that are going to be visiting over the weekend. And two guys are starting their visits uh, today. Actually, uh, they are actually on campus as of tonight. Uh, Justin Terrell, the three-star defensive lineman from Rome uh, High School in Rome, Georgia. He posted earlier today a little photo of, you know, all the stuff that Carolina had laid out at his hotel for him. And this is one of those guys for a while. It looked like Carolina wasn't going to actually end up hosting him for an official visit. The thought was, you know, that Carolina was – pushing for a couple of other defensive linemen in this class and that uh, if they could get an official visit schedule with Terrell, they would. It's starting to become more and more of a reality that he might end up being the guy along that defensive front, or, you know, at the least uh, he's going to be a guy that Carolina, you know, will, will take his commitment and then see if they can't land uh, somebody else. Um, you know, he, he's, you know, taking official visits already to Virginia, um, NC State. I know, I think that one has already happened, if I am not mistaken. So uh, he, he's he's still a guy that is looking elsewhere. This isn't one of those situations. We saw a couple of guys this past weekend that sort of uh, fit the bill of guys that were just kind of waiting on Carolina. I don't think that's necessarily the situation that he's in. I think he's legitimately going through and considering other schools. He has not taken the official visit to NC State, by the way. That is coming up uh, next weekend. So it looks like a three-horse race. And I think Carolina right now probably is going to push to try to land his commitment because there is some uncertainty about the rest of the group. Of course, they lost Hank Weber to Wisconsin. Uh, DeAndre Cook was a guy that Carolina was in tremendous standing with for the majority of the spring, but he's a guy that now it, it, it seems like his recruitment is about as wide open uh, as anybody that Carolina is, you know, pursuing in this 2024 class right now. And then Marcus Downs, you know, Carolina really did a good job uh, early in the month with him, it seemed, of establishing themselves as a contender, but he still got Auburn. I feel like that's probably the biggest threat at this point to Carolina. And, you know, there's there's still, you know, a couple other guys, uh, a couple other schools uh, that could be making a push, including Tennessee for him. So there is some uncertainty there. I feel like Carolina wants to add at least one more commitment in that defensive front alongside of Peter Pasansky and Terrell could end up being that guy. A good visit here 
if Carolina really wants him that badly, I do wonder, you know, is this one that Carolina could potentially land if they push hard enough? That's probably Carolina's best chance, it feels like, to land a commitment this weekend. Uh, and it's not because of where they stand with Terrell. Um, I think, you know, it, you look at Cameron Courtney, Carolina arguably is in a better spot for him. Unranked athlete out of the state of Virginia. Um, you know, Carolina ha has established themselves in, in this race as probably the leader, if they want to be the leader. He's going to take an official visit to Indiana in the final week of the month. But it feels like this is another one of those guys that, is in the defensive backfield. He's, you know, a guy that played safety this past year at the high school level. He's listed as an athlete, but I, I think he slots into that defensive backfield. And the question, you know, for him, I think is, does Carolina want to take his commitment right now? Um, this is, you know, what we talked about last week with Jalen Thompson the three-star safety out of Olympia High School down in the Tampa area. This is just that Carolina is at a point right now in this defensive backfield where it feels like they can be a little bit picky. Now, the thing is, is that they, they can put these guys, you know, sort of on retainer. And if they need either one of those two guys, they can probably end up taking their commitments. Uh, Courtney, maybe a little less sure. At this point, Jalen Thompson, I think that's a guy that uh, at just about at any point, Carolina could pull the trigger on making that offer committable, and he would end up popping to them. Um, when it comes to Courtney, you got to take Indiana seriously because they've got an official visit with him. That's the thing with Thompson. He doesn't have any other official visits scheduled. Um, but at the same time, it does really feel like this is – one where even if he does end up committing to Indiana at some point, if Carolina wants him, they could potentially be able to flip him. Uh, but, yeah, there are bigger fish at the position that Carolina is looking at. Uh, Tyshawn White, who was on campus this past weekend, that's the one that I think most Carolina fans uh, are, are really enthralled with at this point and are hoping that the staff uh, can find a way uh, to you know, sway in, in their favor. Uh, but he said today in an article that was released from uh, Don Callahan over in Inside Carolina that it's down to three schools for him. Uh, it felt like Carolina was probably the school that was in the best spot for him, but it looks like a school like Michigan State is is still holding on uh, in this race. And uh, there, you know, there's there are others that you know can factor in here for Carolina. So we'll see. It still looks like Carolina, as of right now, is the only one that has an official visit scheduled with him. But still, Akaj uh, Sanders, I'm not really sure how much of a chance Carolina stands with him. But that's one that if they could end up landing him, they'd probably take him over uh, you know, the other two guys that we talked about. And then, of course, the one that Carolina, I think, probably wants the most in this class is Malcolm Ziegler, the in-state guy from Fuquay Verona High School uh, out there on the, uh, on the coast because he's a guy that, you know, Carolina, th this, this has been one of the worst classes that we have seen in a long time for in terms of, in success with in-state prospects. Um, it, it goes back to some of the late Larry Fedora days. And that's frustrating considering that Mac Brown 
And, you know, one of the things that he said when he first came in was that he wanted to build a fence around this state, uh, that if you don't take care of the home state, then it's going to be tough to succeed. And Carolina right now is not doing what they need to do in state. So that's that's clearly the one that I think Carolina values the most. And then if they don't get somebody out of that trio, then you've got three star Christian Peterson. Now, this one, I don't really know. Yeah, Carolina, they're, they're in this race, but I don't think that this is one where they are necessarily in a position to just, you know, turn the heat up a little bit and land his commitment. I think it's more of a question mark uh, because of, you know, a school like Auburn. But I think this is another one that Carolina has on the table. They probably have him ahead of uh, the other guys on their board. Uh, and they they could potentially look to add him, not to mention they already have a commitment in this class from Jaden Peterson, a guy that is uh, ahead of both Jalen Thompson and uh, and Cameron Courtney uh, in, in terms of the rankings in this class. So, yeah, we're, I, I think for Carolina, uh, you know, it's it, they, they really do have the option to be rather picky at this position. So Courtney, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, but I feel like he slots in uh, with a couple of the other guys that we saw on campus uh, last weekend. And then that leads us to the third guy that's on campus. And really, I think probably the biggest mystery of all the guys that are on campus this weekend. And that's four-star running back Anthony Carey from the Tampa, Florida area. Again, a- an area where Carolina is just killing it in this class. They they have done uh, yeoman's work down there in that area. That's that's where they've gotten the majority of their guys from the state of Florida. And it seems like, you know, him, both, both him and Tavani Mizell, um, that, you know, Mizell, a guy that's from Fort Lauderdale, those are really the two areas. Carolina's gone to Fort Lauderdale or they've gone to Tampa to get their guys. Uh, and once again, that's that's what they're looking at uh, at the running back position. Already got Davian Gauss out of Fort Lauderdale. So are they wanting to add, you know, another guy there from that region in, in Tavani Mizell? Uh, we'll we'll see where Carolina ends up standing with him once he comes out of this weekend's visit that he has with Kentucky. That's why Carolina's got to be aggressive here in this recruitment, uh, in, in this uh, visit with Kerry, because I think Carolina's in a pretty solid spot here. The fact that they they landed an official visit, uh, I think, shows that they are they are right in the thick of this race. Um, and it's, you know, it's down, it's really down to them and uh, Michigan State. As of right now, it doesn't look like he is going to have an official visit scheduled to Oklahoma, another school that seemed like they were in good standing. It's honestly a little strange to be, to, to be frank, you know, Oklahoma is in on both him and Tobani Mizell, but neither one of those guys they've been able to get official visits scheduled with. So it's down to Carolina and Michigan State. Now, the concerning thing is, is that after last weekend's visit at Michigan State, two crystal balls were cast for him. So it feels like Michigan State holds him in in high regard. For Carolina, if they are really wanting this commitment, and to me, I think if they have any uncertainty about Tobani Mizell, they need to be aggressive this weekend and basically take on the mindset that Mizell is, is not coming. 
and they 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 need to basically turn this into a race uh, for that final that 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 second and most likely final spot uh, for a running back in this class. I, I I don't think. I mean, look, I I don't know. I'm not inside the program. I highly doubt they would take three running backs in this class. So it would become a race for that spot. But they need to play it like that. I, I think they need to be aggressive. They have the opportunity to pounce. The fact that, you know, look, he picked up crystal ball predictions from Michigan State, which isn't the greatest thing in the world. But they did not end up – I mean, he didn't end up committing there. So if, you know, it, that that's, that's the positive that you got to take away from this is that, hey, he probably holds him in high regard. He probably, you know, thinks that – this that it was a really good visit, um, and that Michigan State is now the leader for him. But if, if Carolina can come out and execute well, they probably got a shot to end up landing his commitment in the end. So three guys on campus this weekend, three guys that uh, pretty much are dealing with completely different situations, and we'll see how Carolina handles that. Of course, we'll have you covered over on the website HeelToughBlog.com article uh, is going to go up just like we've been doing every single week of uh, this big month of June. Uh, we are going to release our rankings of, uh, you know, of the chances that Carolina lands uh, the guys from this weekend. It'll be ranked from least to best. So make sure that you're keeping an eye uh, on the site for that. That will be posted uh, probably on Saturday of this week with it being a smaller group. Uh, and two of those guys, of course, will be wrapping up their visits on Saturday. Carrie, the only guy that will be wrapping up his visit on Sunday. So, uh, you know, th th that sort of sets the stage for a huge weekend that is coming up on the 23rd. We talked about it. Carolina doesn't really have these big-time headliners in this class just yet. It, this is going to be their opportunity, and I think that's part of the reason why you're not seeing a ton of guys on campus this weekend. They are getting themselves prepared uh, and and trying to you know fo focus all of their energy on that final weekend and trying to fight from behind uh, for some highly ranked guys. So uh, we, we are keeping you covered on all of the recruiting stuff over there on the website. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Uh, also, one of the things that we'll be keeping you covered with uh, is magazine season throughout college football. And this is the time typically late May through about early to mid-July uh, each and every year where you see these magazines, these um, you know online subscription sites that come out with their, uh, you know, with their previews for the upcoming season. And we're starting to see some of them already hit book stands. Athlon Sports uh, was one of the first ones that was out. And now we've got Bill Steele's list of uh, preseason All-Americans and preseason All-Conference teams being released. Those were released earlier this week. Monday was preseason All-Americans. Tuesday was preseason All-Conference in Carolina 
uh, having a lot of success uh, in both of those categories uh, with both that uh, Phil Steele and Athlon. And uh, the most recent one, Phil Steele's, uh, that were released the other day. Um, when you look at it, two guys that are listed as All-Americans, and it's the two that you would expect. Now, I will say this. It is shocking to me that Drake May is considered a third-teamer. Um, I, I know that you know Caleb Williams held in high regard. I don't know who the other guy is that he has ahead of him. Uh, at this point, um, he doesn't, you know, th this was not officially released by him. Um, it's, you know, something that I guess, you know, he sends out some sort of press release to the universities and they put it out. Um, but I, I would imagine that there, there are a couple of other good options around the country that a lot of people hold in high regard. Um, I, I would imagine that, you know, Drake, I mean, considering he's the first team all ACC, it can't be Jordan Travis. Um, I'm not really sure who it is, but I, if I had to bet, Drake is is probably, in my opinion, is going to be a guy that will finish second team or first team All ACC when it's all said and done at the end of the year. But Phil Steele has him as a third team guy, and Cedric Gray, he is actually a second team guy at the linebacker position. So uh, great to see Cedric Gray being respected uh, this offseason and receiving these types of accolades, a guy that, you know, if you go back and, and remember his interview last year at ACC media days up on the podium, he talked about the fact that Carolina was his only power five offer. And now he's a guy that's being seen as a preseason all American. And one of those guys that a lot of people around the country hold in extremely high regard at the linebacker position a lot of people have him as a top five linebacker in the country. So, I, I mean, you're going to see him probably appearing. I'd be stunned if he and Drake are not preseason All-Americans uh, when it's all said and done uh, before the season. And you go to his preseason All-ACC teams, and this one, you know, I, I think – you know, for the most part, he got it right here. There's definitely some guys that I have some questions on. First team, Drake, Cedric Gray, Ben Kiernan. I think all of those are fantastic. As I mentioned with May and Gray, I think both of those guys, All-American type players, they deserve to be first team. Ben Kiernan last year, I thought he was the best punter in the ACC. If you look at his averages, they sort of show you that that was the case. I think he's going to have a huge year again this year for Carolina, uh, and it makes sense to me why he is a first-teamer. Second team, he has Power Eccles and Drew Little. You know, it, when it comes to long snappers, it's extremely tough to figure out who is going to land, uh, you know, those postseason honors. But I think Drew Little is more than deserving a guy that has been there uh, for four years now, very involved uh, on you know punt, uh, punt punt return coverage and everything like that. So I I I like that for him. Pat Reckles as a second team guy, I could definitely see it. I, I think he is set up for another leap this season. I know he was an honorable mention last year. I think it makes sense that he could be a guy this year um, that takes that next step. Sort of, uh, you know, with with all the attention being focused on Cedric Gray, maybe he's the guy uh, that shed that that sort of shows some people, hey, you're you're kind of forgetting about me in this linebacker room. So second team honors for him, I think, makes sense. Now you get to the third team, and and look, I think it's you you have to 
take this and then combine it once you see the four team, and then you can you can see where I'm going with this. Uh, he has Nate McCollum, the slot receiver uh, transfer from Georgia Tech, and Corey Gaynor as third team options. Corey Gaynor last year, honorable mention, just like Power Eccles. Makes sense that he could potentially make a jump. I really do think he'll take uh, a jump again this year uh, as a guy that's going to be in the system for a second season. Nate McCollum's the one that's interesting here to me, though, because those are the only two guys that are on the third team. So Nate McCollum, you have him ahead of Tez Walker. Tez Walker is a part of the four team, and I'll go ahead and, and read through uh, the guys that are with him on the four team running back Amari in Hampton, um, who looks like he could be set for a, a much bigger role this year in his second year with the program. Uh, Miles Murphy along the defensive lines, defensive front. Now, part of this, I think, is Phil Steer really just wanting to stick with, you know, last year he thought Miles Murphy was a first team all ACC guy thought he could potentially be an, an All-American at the end of the year. He thought he was going to be one of the biggest breakout players on the defensive side of the football in the entire conference, uh, and that did not end up happening. And then you got two transfers, Elijah Huzzy and Ryan Coe as guys that are both on that fourth team. But as I mentioned, the one that's most interesting to me is Tez Walker being – the fourteen guy and Nate McCollum being the thirteen guy. Maybe part of this is that look, McCollum in this conference, in a power conference this past year, was able to put up the numbers that he put up. Also did that with you know a group that it, it, a passing game, I should say, at Georgia Tech that wasn't exactly great. Um, but I, I do think you know we we saw in camp in spring practice. Tez Walker was really the, the guy that everybody came away talking about. Um, there are some lists, you know, transfer portal rankings from 24-7 sports uh, that came out just a couple of months ago. They moved Tez Walker up from a guy that was sort of middle of the road to the number six overall transfer portal edition. There are people, uh, I, I forget who put this bold statement out there that thought that Tez Walker could be a guy that, you know, could lead the ACC in receiving. That's saying a lot considering, you know, some of the talent that you got there, primarily Florida State wide receiver Johnny Wilson. Um, they, there, there are a lot of people that hold – Tez Walker in very high regard. Not saying that they don't hold Nate McCollum in that regard, but that sort of surprised me a little bit. The other thing, I'm not going to say it surprised me, but something that's very encouraging that a lot of Toriel fans I think should feel good about is Ryan Coe being on this fourth team. And I know a lot of people panicked when they saw the missed field goal in the spring game from Coe, missed it from 33 yards. Uh, it was technically an extra point, but basically from field goal length. A lot of people were panicking and saying, here we go again. Look, I, I still think that I have to see it to believe it. It's very much like my attitude towards the defensive side of the football with this Tar Heel team. Uh, until they get a kicker that can prove it for an entire year, it's going to be hard to trust. And that sucks because you're you're going to have to wait this entire year before you can really feel confident about Ryan Kell. But the fact that 
He landed on Athlon Sports 14. That he landed on Phil Steele's preseason All-ACC 14. I think that's why you can feel pretty confident about Ryan Coe and what he can be as a stabilizing force for Carolina uh, at the kicker spot. And then talk about a guy that could finish way ahead of where he came in on the preseason list. I think that's Elijah Hussey. You, you, you talk about a guy that has just been burned, that burned it up in spring practice. Really, really sucked that we didn't get to see him um, in the spring game. I, I was excited to see what he could do for a Tar Heel defensive backfield that had their struggles a year ago. Uh, and we, you know, we're going to wait. We'll see, you know, there'll potentially be, um, you know, and an, uh, another open scrimmage that uh, Tar Heel fans might be able to attend in the summer. Although typically they, you know, they, they've been inconsistent with that. If not, have to wait until the season. But again, all the reports that we've seen uh, and everything that we've heard from Matt Brown is that this dude is the real deal for Carolina uh, and I think he he could have a huge, huge season this upcoming year. And when you look at it, how it compares to Athlon Sports, uh, it's really very, very similar. Um, you know, I think Carolina, you know, they, they're they're going to be one of those teams. It, it's weird. It, it's it's kind of quietly been a you know a, a, a successful offseason in you know in terms of the height for Carolina. It's quietly been a, you know, a, a, a pretty big off season for Carolina in terms of hype. They're a team that is seen across the board as being ranked inside of uh, the top 20 in, in most polls. I think at this point, I'd be stunned if they are not ranked at least 20th or higher. I see them somewhere in the teens uh, when they, you know, play that, season opening game against South Carolina. Um, and, and they're a team that I think a lot of people believe that if one of the top two teams in the ACC for this upcoming season in terms of projections slips up, uh, they're the team that will be able to capitalize. Of course, Florida State's the team that is being as hyped as anybody in the country this year. A lot of people think that's a college football playoff team this year, and many of them have them winning the ACC and then, of course, there is Clemson, the immovable force that's been atop the ACC uh, for the better part of a decade now. Uh, so if one of those guys ends up slipping up, Carolina's got a chance to jump in there. But when you compare, you know, this, the the, the Phil Steele rankings to the All-ACC rankings from Athlon Sports, I mean, look, for the most part, it's, it's rather similar. I will say this, I am absolutely stunned. Uh, that Athlon Sports has this guy ranked uh, and that Phil Steele does not uh, or to, uh, does not have him in his preseason uh, All-ACC team rankings. Uh, I can't believe that Bryson Nesbitt is not a part of any of the four teams for Phil Steele. Athlon Sports has him as a second-team guy. I think that's pretty spot-on. I, I think Bryson Nesbitt, you saw what he did last year. Remember that he had a stretch there uh, towards the latter part of the season where he was banged up, actually missed a couple of games because of injury. He is going to be one of the best tight ends in all of college football this year. So I, I'm I'm – really shocked that he wasn't higher on this list. 
Um, they, you know, Omari uh, and Hampton, they were, you know, oh, he was ranked on Athlon sports list as well. Um, but I, I'm kind of shocked that, uh, that Elijah Green didn't sneak on there as well. I thought he was incredibly effective for Carolina at the running back spot a year ago once he took over the starting job. And that was with an offense that wasn't nearly as run heavy as the one that Carolina is going to be running this year. So I think he's set up to have a lot of success. And the other guy I, I thought came in Rucker should have been somewhere on that list. I really am shocked that uh, he did not appear there. I, I, he, I, I get it. He still lacks the consistency the defensive front for Carolina, clearly not the most attractive group. But when you look at pro football focus numbers for him, and I know people are critical of pro football focus, but I do think especially offensive and defensive linemen, they do a really good job of grading those guys out. I mean, he is the second leading uh, returner along the defensive front in terms of pro football focus grade. Um, off the edge uh, in in the ACC for this upcoming season. So I really think that Heyman Rucker is a guy that I I thought even 14 for him for Athlon Sports was low. Uh, I think he could have an extremely productive year this year. You really just hope Carolina fully accepts that he needs to be on the field for just about every down. Clearly, you got to rotate him in and out as an edge rusher. He's a guy that's going to need breaks at times. But I think, for the most part, Carolina needs him to produce, and I think he's more than capable of doing it if they keep him on the field enough. Um, so, yeah, Carolina, a lot, a lot of guys are receiving the preseason all-ACC hype from these magazines and Look, Athlon Sports, you know, we've tried getting guys on uh, each of the last few years from there. Remember, uh, in the past, uh, in the first few years that I did the podcast, we had a lot of success getting on Stephen Last, and I haven't really been nearly as successful in contacting him in the last few years. I'm going to give that another shot again this year, but you know, you know, guys, Phil Steele will be on this podcast at some point this offseason. So uh, we're going to hear from these guys directly. And I may have to ask Phil Steele right out, where's the love for my guy Bryson Nesbitt? But uh, until then, we'll be keeping an eye on all other news around Tar Heel football on the field as they head towards the uh, start of fall camp, which is going to be sometime in early August. Guys, once this month wraps, with you know the the focus on the 2024 recruiting trail, it, it's going to heat up pretty quick. Um, you know everything going on around this team as they prepare for fall camp. You'll you'll have about another week week and a half of guys committing after you know the the month it's officially in the books of official visits and they have time to digest everything, and then that's when everything will start turning towards. Uh, the upcoming season for a lot of teams. Uh, so we'll have you covered with everything up until then. Hopefully, you know, sometime here in the near future, we'll be able to hear from Mac Brown, maybe the coordinators. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have everything for you guys on all of the offseason stuff around Tar Heel football. And then, of course, once we get into preseason mode, guys, it's it's full go. You know, we're going to have our position previews that we do every year where we break down each position group for Carolina. And this year could be more important than ever to read those with all the roster turnover that Carolina has. Uh, and, of course, we'll have 
you know, some of our favorite articles that we write each and every year. Uh, a guy, you know, our our our, uh, our breakout candidates, uh, as well as our bold predictions for the season. All of those things are on the horizon, guys. It's nearly there as we get closer and closer to the primetime kickoff to begin the season against South Carolina on September 2nd. We're taking you up to that here on the podcast and over on the website at HeelToughBlog.com. The other thing that we're taking you through is Tar Heel basketball offseason over there on the website. And again, things have settled down one more time after Simeon Wilcher ends up departing. He's landed at St. John's at Carolina. They are set for this upcoming season, it appears. Uh, the guys have arrived on campus. The freshmen arrived earlier this week, Zayden High and Elliot Cadeau. Both of those guys are uh, on campus and uh, working out with the team right now as they get prepared uh, for what is going to be a crucial season for the program as they look to bounce back from missing the NCAA tournament this past year. And um, we're going to have you covered with everything Tar Heel basketball offseason. Any other news? Is Are they going after somebody else in the transfer portal? Still uh, three open scholarship spots at this time for Carolina. What do they do with those spots moving forward? We'll keep you covered on all of that. Uh, over on the website. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels. want to thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. If you could, make sure you head over to wherever you listen to your podcast, find out where you can rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast, and go ahead and do that for us. The rating and reviewing, that helps us to move up some of those rankings, and the subscribing, that is for you, so you don't miss any editions of the podcast coming up. We look forward to you being a part of the Heel Tough Blog podcast family moving forward, and thank you once again for listening to this edition.